And I welcome you to another episode of the Fountain of Life podcast. So thank you so much for joining me today. We want to continue on our theme, Thriving in Adversity. And I believe that the past couple of episodes, God has given us some principles by which we can be able to stay strong, stay relevant, even as life throws challenges at us or God takes us through trials and tests. The key thing is knowing what to do when we go through those moments. Today, we want to continue using the life of Abraham to illustrate a very important point about God's goodness and mercies that we can rely upon when we don't seem to know which way we should turn. I'm speaking briefly on a topic light in our darkness. When we go through those dark moments in life, sometimes we just want light, any kind of light to help us to know which direction to go. And in our previous episode, we saw how Abraham had such moments of hopelessness. He has come to a point where, humanly speaking, it's likely he might die without an heir. And everything that God had promised him, he just didn't know how it was going to be. And instead of getting angry or bitter at God for everything, instead, he went back to God and he asked God two very important questions. I'm going without a child. What are you going to give me? Genesis chapter 15. And then he followed on after God reassured him about everything he was going to do. God then went ahead and talked about the land he had promised in the land of Canaan. And as at that point, that doesn't look like it was going to be. But in those moments, he, God decided to reinforce his, you know, Abraham's faith. So when Abraham asked God, how will I know I will inherit it? God didn't give Abraham an answer. He pivoted straight to his attributes. And that is tremendous fact that I want you to know. So as we go to today's episode, I just want you to pick a few lessons and to be able to know that even in those dark moments, God has never left you. And he's not afraid to come your way and shine a light in those dark moments. You just have to expect him and look out for him. So we pick up this story from Genesis chapter 15 and the verse 8 downwards. It's a bit long, but I believe that we can go through it 
in this episode. So here Abraham was in a dark place. He's aged. He has no heirs or descendants yet. He's still a sojourner in that land. He doesn't know how he's going to have it. And yet he knows God. He knows God is good. Maybe in some way you have come to that point. You've trusted God. You've been in church. You've done everything. And yet it seems like everything that God had promised in his word is just a fleeting dream that is never going to be yours. You see other people in their inheritance and doing good, but when it comes to you, it seems like nothing is ever going to work. When you are in that place, in that place of darkness, what do you do? So when God, when Abraham asked God, how shall I know how we inherit it? It's a place of doubt. It's a place of fear. It's a place of uncertainty. How will I know that I'll ever get out of debt? How will I know that I'll ever pay off everything that stands in my name? How will I know that I'll ever have peace and roof over my head? How will I know, even though God has assured us? So God's response is in verse 9. So he said to him, that is God said to Abraham, Bring me a three-year-old heifer and a three-year-old female goat and a three-year-old ram. Well, three is a very unique number for God. It represents the Trinity. It represents the Godhead. So it is just appropriate that God is using animals of this age group in what he's about to do. He didn't tell Abraham what it was. Maybe Abraham has an inkling what God was about to do. But the answer to how shall I know is bring me these animals. So Abraham was supposed to bring a three-year-old heifer, three-year-old female goat, three-year-old ram, a turtle dove, and a young pigeon. Then he brought all this to him, that is, Abraham brought them to God, and he cut them in two, down the middle, and placed each piece opposite the other, but he did not cut the birds in two. And when the vultures came down on the carcasses, Abraham drove them away. We'll talk a bit about this particular action of Abraham, how it applies to us now that moment. Now when the sun was going down, a deep sleep fell upon Abraham, and behold, horror and great darkness fell upon him. Then he said to Abraham, Know certainly that your descendants will be strangers in the land that is not theirs, and will serve them, and they will afflict them for a hundred years. And also the nation whom they serve I will judge afterward. And they shall come out with great possessions. Now as for you, you shall go to your fathers in peace. You shall be buried at a good old age. But in the fourth generation, they shall return here. For the iniquity of the Amorites is not yet complete. Verse 17. And it came to pass when the sun went down, and it was dark, that behold, there appeared a smoking oven and a burning torch that passed between those pieces. On the same day, the Lord made a covenant with Abraham, saying to your descendants have given this land from the river of Egypt to the great river, the river Euphrates, the Canaanites, the Kenizzites, the Cadmonites, the Hethites, the Perizzites, and the Rephaim, the Amorites, the Canaanites, the Gejashites, and the Jebusites. 
Thank you for being with me this a bit long. But the truth of the matter is this. The answer to how shall I know I shall inherit it is this long thing we are reading. And long verbal verse we are reading. And the Bible says that when they had gone through the motions of everything God had directed Abraham, God made a covenant with Abraham. What is God doing? When Abraham asked him, how will I know that I shall inherit it? God pivoted to his attribute, his attribute of faithfulness. You see, a covenant is an agreement between two parties that binds them to a certain condition and a certain terms, certain terms, and also certain benefits. In the case of God, it wasn't Abraham who initiated the covenant because we can pledge and make a vow to God. But when it comes to covenant, it's always the higher who covenants with the lower. God is the one who initiates the covenants, not us. We just accept the terms of the covenant and we walk in them. And he decides the terms and the conditions. So in this case, the only way he can assure Abraham of what Abraham was looking for, that assurance that this sickness is going to go away, that I'm going to walk in health, that I'm going to prosper, that my children are not going to be wayward. God pivoted to the faithfulness that he has, first to himself and then to us. He told Abraham, let's come to an agreement. Prove me now and see. Let us sign this covenant. And the beauty of it is this. There were two instances of darkness in this whole process. And that is what I've captioned the light in our darkness. Remember, Abraham at this point is in a dark place. Just too many are setting this, hanging around the things that God has said. So God just cut out all the doubt by enacting a covenant. Because when God enacts a covenant, he perpetuates whatever is enshrined in that covenant because he will never change that covenant or the terms of that covenant until he has fulfilled it. And it takes him to roll away that covenant and introduce a new one. Until he has done that, that covenant is binding and no force on earth or in heaven can change the terms of that covenant apart from God himself. So the answer to how would I know, God is telling Abraham, read my lips. This is what I'm saying. Let us make a covenant. Even though it is an act, there are steps that are within it that I want us to explore to help us to find light in our darkness, whatever that darkness is. The first thing is this. After Abraham brought those animals, God asked them to cut them in two. I mean, the scene must be very, very gory with all the blood and everything. He defied, he divided that ephah or that young boy divided it into two, one part here, the other part facing each other. The same thing he did to the goat. And the Bible says that he didn't divide the birds. And then the ram, he did the same thing too the realm as well but the beds he didn't divide because they symbolize the Holy Spirit but the key thing is this the Bible says that when the animals the vultures came down upon those carcasses 
Abraham drove them away. And that is the first thing I want you to remember. When you are dealing with God in your dark places, you need to preserve the emblems that symbolize your relationship with God. It wasn't God who drove the vultures away. It was Abraham. When we are in our dark place, when God is working with us, we are just like a road in construction. Sometimes they put a sign, no trespassing. There's construction going on. Somebody wants to protect that work ongoing so it doesn't get messed up. That is how it is. When we are going through tests and trials, the enemy will want to pick off our faith before even God is done with us. The enemy will want to pick off our prayer life, pick up our song, pick up everything. The things that tie us to God. Remember, it was God who asked Abraham to bring these animals. The covenanting process wasn't yet finished. And yet the vultures were coming to pick the things away. And Abraham wouldn't let them. That is how it is in our dark moments. We need to guard the things that connect us to God. God isn't finished with us yet. When the enemy is suggesting to curse God and die, just like Job's wife was telling him, tell God, I know my, tell the enemy, I know my redeemer lives. And there's hope for a tree when it's cut. You need to protect the things that bind you to God. Your faith, your hope, your prayer life. That is not the time to stop going to church. That is not the time to shut off fellowship from everybody. That is not the time to get beat out of God. Because the enemy wants to pick off those things away from you. And the Bible says, Abraham drove the vultures away. It is your responsibility to drive away the vultures that will pick at the emblems of the covenant. Besides that, the other thing that I want us to also note, that the Bible says that when the sun was going down, remember the story of Jacob? God came to him in his darkness in the episode about our night song. It was dark and everything was scary. And Jacob was alone in that place. And he fell asleep and God came to him in the night in a dream to lighten his way and show him what lay ahead of him and to promise him his security. God was a night song. In this case as well, perhaps the sun was going down. Imagine Abraham alone in the plains of Mamre, in the wilderness all by himself where God had shown him. And he was right there all by himself. And darkness had fallen. The Bible says a deep sleep and an aura of darkness fell upon him. Other translations will give us another meaning. The NIV, for instance, describes it as dreadful darkness. Dreadful darkness came over him. I don't know how that is. Because he was supposed, he, he was asleep. But whatever it was, it was a dreadful darkness. And what is God trying to do to Abraham? Remember, Abraham was asking, how will I know? He had also asked about children and his progeny and all of that. And God was walking Abraham through generations of both his life and of his children. So, and horror of darkness or dreadful darkness fell upon him. And out of that darkness, 
God began to speak to Abraham. You see, God is light. And in our dark moments, he's supposed to come with light. But even in those dark moments, God speaks to us. He covers himself with light. He dwells in darkness. <clears throat> Excuse me. And he began to speak to Abraham out of that horror of darkness. It's that thick darkness that perhaps you can't even see your, your hand an inch from your face. And God began to speak to him. I don't know sometimes what we go through in those moments. Maybe you are sitting across your healthcare provider and they are reading diagnosis to you and it's like you know this is it. It's like suddenly you have an expiry date stamped on your forehead. What do you do in those moments? God comes talking to us in our darkness. He doesn't leave us in that horror of darkness. He doesn't let us just dwell in that darkness for the darkness sake. He comes to us in those dark moments. We are talking about thriving in adversity. If the adversity seems like a horror of darkness that you have walked into, God is still there. And the darkness can't stop the voice of God reaching your ears. And you have to listen to him. So God began to describe to Abraham what lay ahead of his children and his progeny. And then in verse 17, Bible says, And it came to pass when the sun went down and it was dark, that behold, there appeared a smoking oven and a burning torch that passed between those pieces. So when the sun had gone, I remember he had just been in this horror of darkness. The sun was going down, deep sleep fell upon him, and there was this great darkness that fell upon him. And even in those dark moments, God began to tell him what lay ahead of his children. And then the Bible says, when the sun now went down, completely gone and was dark, behold, there appeared smoking oven and a burning torch. We'll look at the symbolism of these two things. The smoking oven and the burning torch. And the Bible says it passed between the two pieces of the animals. The only light that came out of that, that the only light in that gross, horrible darkness was a smoking oven, a smoking furnace, and the burning torch. God is light in our darkness. And the light shines brightest when it is darkest. Throughout all of this, the only light that came was the presence of God. And the Bible says that they passed between the two pieces. Almighty God entered into a covenant with man. He showed the contrast <coughs> excuse me, <coughs> between light and darkness. I don't know what life has been throwing at you, but our God will be the light that shines when you are in the darkest of those moments. And like Abraham, all you need to do, protect the emblems, because eventually 
God will come and walk between the pieces. Imagine if Abraham had allowed the vultures to pick those things away. There would have been nothing for that covenanting process. But he preserved them until the moment when the light came and walked between the two pieces. And what was God telling Abraham? You see, the animals had died at that point. And they represented what God was telling Abraham. That look, I don't have any life anymore. I laid down my life. And I find that life in you. And you also, by walking through those pieces, you lay down your life. And you find it in me. You and I, we have intertwined, as it were. And what was the backdrop? A very, very dark night. God comes to us in those dark moments. And he doesn't come to make fun of us. He comes to save. He comes to remind us of his mercy, his grace, his protection, his covering, his ability to deliver us. Your role is to keep the emblems, keep your hope, keep your faith, keep the things that God used to remind you of Because there is nothing that can shake you and separate you from the love that God has for you. God is going to come to you as a light in that darkness. But you have to keep the emblems in place. In Micah chapter 7, in the verse 8, this is what the Bible says. It says, do not rejoice over me, my enemy. When I fall, I will arise. When I sit in darkness, the Lord will be light to me. When I sit in darkness, the Lord will come and he will be light to me. God willing, we shall look at the implications of that smoking oven, the burning torch, in subsequent episodes. But for today, I want to pray with you that even in those dark moments, remember God is light. He will be the only light that shines when it's darkest. All your responsibility is to keep the emblems and he will be drawn to them, be attracted to them. And when he comes, he comes to save. Finally, in the book of Psalms, Psalm 18, in the verse 28, the Bible says, For you will light my lamp. The Lord my God will enlighten my darkness. The Lord will light your lamp, child of God. It's just a matter of time. When you sit in a dark place, don't be afraid. The Lord will come. And he will come with light. God richly bless you. And thank you so much for joining us. God willing, next week, we shall look at the furnace and the essence of the torch. God richly bless you. Thank you. Fountain of my life, I worship you today. Matthew 11, 28-29 Come unto me, all ye that labor and are heavy laden, 
and I will give you rest. Take my yoke upon you and learn of me, for I am meek and lowly in heart, and ye shall find rest. Thank you.